0: Hello, uh, Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of the Hey, Look, Listen podcast. Uh, It is me, Jonathan, uh, one of your hosts. Uh, Unfortunately, the other three hosts couldn't be here uh, because we had a falling out, Um, and so they've actually all gone off uh, to create their own individual podcasts, uh, which I'm sure you'll see pop up on Spotify uh, very soon. Uh, But with me today, I do have a very special guest, um, someone who I've talked about many times in the podcast. Sometimes in a nice way, sometimes in a way she hasn't been very happy about, that she there being a bit of a hit. Um, But I'd love to welcome uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Arson to the podcast. Stephanie, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, I'm doing
0: very well. How are you, Jonathan? Very good. Uh, it's weird to hear a Canadian voice on the podcast. Uh, our two Canadian listeners in Canada will be shocked.
1: Yeah, represent. In
0: represent indeed. Uh, have you you've listened to the podcast before? You've told me about it. I that.
1: have, of course I have, yeah. yeah. Many, many episodes.
0: Perfect. Uh, we, get to, we have a quiz uh, on the podcast at the end of today. <laughs> Perfect, To prove uh, how many episodes uh, you've listened to. Zero pressure. Excellent, excellent. Um, but uh, not to give an intro for you, um, but you know we've known each other for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you definitely knew a lot about gaming, you did interesting gaming, but it's definitely kind of crept up over the years. Um, yeah for so, sure so say i up kind of we'll go back in time we we'll talk about you know the past you know how you done the games younger um, and then kind of in the last 10 years what kind of games have pulled you in in particular um, but you know to keep with this podcast tradition um, what, are you, what are you playing right now what's been keeping you busy uh,
1: so right now I've literally just started Alan Wake like as I've played the first 10 to 15 minutes oh right, the first
0: one yeah. uh,
1: yes the first one and, and I've also been playing Coral Island on uh, PC, which my sister got me for Christmas, sort of a crossover between Stardew Valley
0: yeah. and Animal Crossing. Yeah, explain a bit more about Coral Island, because this is one of those games where, I think on Christmas Day, if, you, if Judy's listening, in fact, I bet you did, did Judy listen to the podcast? Yeah, I it. Um, it was one of those games where you started it, and then five hours later, left you left Junior's sort the thing, and it kind of hooked you right away. What, why exactly, what, what is Coral Island?
1: Uh, So the premise is exactly the same as Stardew Valley or any one of these farming games where you move from the big city to a small island and start to run a farm. Um, So same concept, but it has essentially kind of clearing your farm, doing the farming, there's shops, uh, but there's also an ocean aspect, so you can go diving and clean the ocean, which has recently fallen victim to an oil spill. So there's this kind of environmentalist twist on it where you clean the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not not in so
0: many words, I don't
1: think that, yeah, that, I mean, that is the yeah. yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay, sure. implication.
0: And you, you played a bit of this on uh, PC and then a bit of it on Steam Deck as well. Yes. How how was it on Steam Deck to be asked? I know you don't love, you know, console kind of
1: gaming like that much. Yeah, I mean it runs great. I just don't find um, handhelds or uh, controller controls very intuitive because I I never really used them regularly. Yeah. So I'm always checking and you know, it'll say press ZR. And then I have to pause and like turn the thing to find which button is and is labeled SR. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, Z- ZR is a very particular Steam Deck. So it's terribly for a button configuration, but uh, I do, I do
1: kind of. Yeah, because it. it's like well, it's somewhere on the right hand side. But uh, yeah, that's that's a me issue though, not really a controller issue. I have the same issue with controller games. You know, it'll we'll say press zero or press O and then X. Like I don't know what the one X is without
0: looking
1: at the <laughs> controller. Yeah, so, yeah. Think, <laughs> just kinda
0: study I, I, up. I think what happens to me in the in the deck because I obviously will, I'll be playing, you know, games for the deck and so i use the regular kind of uh, you know uh, letters for the buttons. Yeah. But then i try to a PS5 game which is completely different. But like just muscle memory just kind of helps you out because then I'm, I'm probably playing it uh, far too much. Um, this is the point where you ask me what I'm playing.
1: Oh great, right, okay. So what are you playing? Excellent, okay, cool.
0: Thanks for that, it's very natural. Um, so right now I uh, I was playing Baller's Gate, which I've said in the last like four episodes of the podcast. And be okay. I know Kelly is kinda of deep into it now as well. Um and I kind of just wanted to take a small little break from it a tiny you know, venture somewhere else <laughs> over Christmas, um, and started playing Fallout, uh, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4 both of which I've kind of booted up a bit this this year, or last year, technically, uh, on the Steam Deck. Um, But yeah, I haven't stopped playing Fallout 4 for like two weeks, Uh, as you obviously know, uh, because if you look at me, I'm holding the Steam Deck.
1: post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, 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 Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. just looting and running around. Um, It's fine, it's like, it it doesn't have a lot of the, kind of, the really stronger RPG elements that New Vegas has. It feels much more like just kind of a, kind of a a loosing, kind of, you know, Run and gun kind of kind of video game, but man, it just runs so well in the deck. the graphics fantastic, the battery lasts forever, and um, so it's very immersive. Um and yeah, just being at a crazy amount of time, but and obviously uh football yes uh, as well.
1: Um, Evergreen.
0: Exactly yeah. yeah. Um, but look. Uh, so obviously we've lots to talk about. That's what I want to to get into uh, and kind of talk about. But let's go back in time. Um, let's go back. You know, maybe. Uh, you know, 40, 50 years ago when you we were growing up as, <laughs> uh, as a young kid.
1: Uh-huh. uh, in, rounding up.
0: Yeah, quite a yeah. yeah, well, but yeah uh, in the kind of, you know, the fallout wasteland of uh, of Canada, Ottawa. Um, but what kind of, what, what's your earliest video game memory uh, of you, you know, playing a video game and enjoying it?
1: So my earliest game memory is actually very, very young, sitting on my dad's lap, <laughs> playing an MS DOS game that I have not been able to find. Not that I've tried hard. I was literally just Googling the last couple of days because I knew we would be having this conversation. But it was it seemed like a precursor to asteroids. It was literally just like an outline, a white outline of different asteroids. And then you were just a little white cursor and you could shoot like single pixel white dots. At these oh, asteroids, wow. Okay. Um, on like Windows ninety. I don't think it was even Windows 95. It must have been like whatever was before that, like literally the MS-DOS. Are you
0: sure it
1: was It was DOS Asteroids? I'm fairly sure it wasn't, just because Asteroid seemed a bit more graphically complex. Like this was literally just white lines. Um, but ve- around that same time or shortly after that, uh, the big first big open world game that I played was a Mixed Up Mother Goose. <laughs> um, which is world, like also which is also um an like old MS DOS game. Mm-hmm. And the concept is basically you're dropped in this fairy tale land, but all like Mother Goose fairy tales, but they're all been mixed up. So like Jack Spratt, for example, and his wife are characters in it, and you've got to find, you know, a pie that they were planning on eating. Um, and then there is Mother Goose who's like lost an egg uh, oh, no. and you know king midas or something has lost some bit of gold and you just wander around this sort of finding and lost what, items
0: playing on? what would she
1: say uh, pc so PC. literally like ms-dos it was on a floppy disk that's great was it your dad because i hope yeah. your dad is you know engineering background yes yeah,
0: your, yeah. Dad. your dad won't mind be saying dad's a huge nerd and, uh, <laughs> like he invented the modem is that technically correct no i don't think that oh, okay. so, no. that's a. Really, that's a really <laughs> <laughs> it's a rumor. Um, but he, uh, so he kind of, would he bring them home or would they just be on his work computer or?
1: No, he brought them home for us specifically. I don't think, like, it's literally a game for little kids. It definitely was not something he was playing in his free time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, and we also had things like, you know, a Barbie Dreamhouse game. When oh, we God. got a bit older, we had Magic School Bus, like, educational games. Um, I still vividly remember installing that Barbie game from. Two or three floppy disks that you had to replace, and it was like, yeah, a spinning wheel of pink shoes taking up the whole screen <laughs> as it was installing. Um, but yeah, those are those are kind of the earliest gaming memories that I have, and I actually looked up Mixed-Up Mother Goose not too long ago because I remember the graphics yeah. being like really bright and vibrant and advanced for its time. Um, they're not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in my memory, it was like this really bright, like, technical or world.
0: And then so kind of that was you know i think a lot of them have a similar kind of uh, you know growing up uh kind of video game experience for i remember getting those kind of educational games as well and uh, not like the magic school bus here in ireland but like equivalent uh i remember for me it was like you know in card like, encyclopedia yes. kind of mini games and stuff like that that's kind of educational stuff um and then was there kind of a gap like did you kind of Keith playing games throughout your teens or did you kind of put them aside for a while and kind of, you know, f- focus on boys and, <laughs> and other things? Sure?
1: Yeah, not really into my teens. I honestly was joking with my sister Julia the other day that I got distracted by the Animorphs book series oh, and okay. uh, the Young Jedi Knights book series. <sighs> yeah, not, not <laughs> <laughs> for,
0: for 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 our listeners to kind of read really the universe. We're not in that room, in that room, kind of our office upstairs. But if we were, there's what, a couple of hundred, maybe a hundred it well, no, the there's all,
1: it's the whole series, which is, I think, 52 or 56 oh, books. Gosh. But, yeah, they're out of print now, so very lucky to see. them. And actually, and
0: was Animorphs kind of a bit more Canadian-focused or North american uh,
1: Probably more North American, yeah.
0: yeah. Do you want to a what this about, just to give an idea?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I highly recommend these books. <laughs> um, maybe they haven't aged well, but it's essentially about these teenagers who develop abilities to turn into any animal that they have touched um, and they have to fight an alien invasion. The aliens are called Yerks, and they're essentially these little slugs that live at McDonald's. That is not a joke. That's true. Yes, they live, oh my
0: God.
1: They live underground at McDonald's. We're McDonald's <laughs> And the secret code is literally if an adult orders a Happy Meal, they're secretly <sighs> possessed by a youth. That is insane. But they all live in this big swimming pool under McDonald's, and these kids who transform into animals have to fight them with the help of. Their alien friend, um, called the axe, who is basically like a little centaur style alien who loves cinnamon buns.
0: and they dragged that out for 52 books. That's fucking yes. that's impressive. <laughs> the author, uh, weird how often slugs come up on this podcast, but here they are again, uh, at the forefront. Um, and so yeah, you got distracted by Animorphs and the books. Uh, when did you kind of, can you remember when you kind of picked up the game again or game kind of when a game kind of really caught your attention again?
1: Yeah, well I mean until then I did still play, like the last kind of big game I remember playing was Final Fantasy 8 on the PS1.
0: Oh, that, that was like 19, never... maybe or something that like
1: that. That feels now. right, yeah, yeah, like late 90s, or early 2000s. And the same thing happened to me there that happened to me with Pokemon Blue, which I had on the Game Boy Color. Oh, I got to the final kind of battles. And I don't like grinding. I don't like the random combat encounters. So I'd always run away from them, <sighs> which meant I was not leveled up enough yeah. to beat the big battles.
0: Who did you pick at the start of Pokemon Zoo? Who was your Pokemon? Uh, I, know, I know the answer. I'll always
1: Bulbasaur. Okay. I but played you? through twice, and both times I was underleveled at the end. And so I keep dying on the very last of the final four. I still never this beat is the, game. No. No. It's,
0: it's really <laughs> the game. Right
1: was it, I think Gary is your last opponent. I can't remember. Anyway, the very That's last right. opponent. I would
0: always die. Always die. And why? Not to talk shit about Bulbasaur, you know, he's not the worst. But I'm sure Squirtle and Charmander were definitely more popular than, than Bulbasaur. And then in Pikachu as well with Pokemon Yellow. But why? Why the plant left? Uh, what
1: well, the first time I just thought he was cute, oh. and then I learned Vine Whip.
0: Oh, which is very overpowered. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah very And great then great. I never chose anyone else.
0: And did you rename your Pokemon that you guessed? I feel like you that was something you would do.
1: Uh, I did. I can't remember <laughs> the name of the Pokemon, unfortunately, but I do remember we renamed Gary to Poopy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't actually know your antagonist's name for the longest time. We just called it Poopy.
0: <sighs> Poopy. All right, that's very, very good. Uh and back to sort final fancy because obviously you know that some of the guys in the podcast particular are huge yes. Final Fantasy fans. Uh, what what kind of, about Final Fantasy age in particular, so That's is that Squall? Yeah. That's, yes, yeah. again,
1: we renamed him to Squalla because we thought that was entertaining
0: at age <laughs> we, 10. You, you say we, was it you kind of always playing with your sister beside you? you kind of
1: yeah, exactly. We passed the, the controller the, back and forth or least watched each other play.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, uh, would you, just knowing the both of you, would you get into fights a lot over that? Would it be kind of a you know you did that jump wrong or you did that game that battle wrong yeah i
1: think i mean sometimes if we kept dying in the same spot it would be you know let me try it no let me try it and neither of us could do it it
0: who's better at three games you were julie uh
1: i think definitely julie and julie kept playing longer than i did i think like kind of through her teens where i she's
0: actually shaking her head if she says that Saying one thing and meaning another Uh, but what kind of attracts you to find fantasy eight like what was this What kind of firstly, how did you end up playing that one? Is that kind of because I'm trying to understand like the how did video games kind of get into the house? Do you know what I mean? Like, how did how did it feel to be the first kind of big game you played in the to the
1: nineties? Um, but we had played like we had an N sixty four. We played just Mario uh, party really oh, on that. Cool. Yeah. And then we did get a GameCube to play Animal Crossing, and then the PS one was kind of the last console I remember having at home. Julie, my sister again, was more into games, so I yeah. feel like she probably asked for it. And then we had Final Fantasy VII and VIII on disc. Yeah. And I think only because they were the most recent kind of games to come out. Um, I was also kind of into anime at the time. I was watching a lot of Digimon and Sailor Moon. And so <laughs> maybe that style attracted me. And there were, you know, girls on the cover. And I can't remember her name, of course. But like the girl in blue, I remember I always loved her look yeah,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. in uh, in Final Fantasy eight. So, yeah, I think that's that's really why yeah, i just mean, of around
0: that's, that's probably uh, yeah there's so many characters all the Final fantasies um that's kind of cool i never knew you had an n64 or a gamecube when you played that man yeah. uh Animal crossing i know though you, you've always been a fan of, and we'll kind of get to that in a bit but um did you which which Animal crossing was that in gamecube was it the first were, one. it was the very first yeah, one yeah you yeah 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 and did that kind of begin a, a love of kind of kind of collecting or island because it's very similar to coral island right which you're yeah. playing a lot today but did that kind of start that kind of that love affair
1: I think so, yeah. I loved catching bugs and fish and doing that collecting. Um, again, we were kids, so Julie and I both had characters on the same island we would often just graffiti outside each other's houses using the kind of animation feature. You could decorate yeah, the dresses. ground, yeah. yeah. So you'd draw, you know, like a dick or draw like a pile of poop or like something outside for each other's house. For, for that kind of language. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like to swear on the podcast.
0: We uh, just talk a off and uh, like about that. Um, that's pretty cool. So I think even from a kind of a young age, you—that's yeah, how you actually played games a lot, really, growing up. You think about it. Um, but I guessing there was kind of some time where there was a gap when you, yeah. kind of, you kind of put them down and kind of went, you know, and grew up. You know,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like all of us. Um, when when was that?
1: Yeah, so I think in my teens, like Final Fantasy VIII is probably the last game I played up until we met, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah two thousand. Well,
0: really? Five, so yeah. Final Fantasy VIII up until. What, I suppose, The
1: Witcher? In 2014? Yeah. 14, can yeah. You ahead? I did. I downloaded Steam when Portal came out, just because everyone was talking um, about it. I was yeah. like, play this game Portal. And so I downloaded Steam. I bought it as part of a humble indie bundle at the time oh, yeah. and played about 30 minutes and went, I don't really get it,
0: and <laughs>
1: uninstalled it. And then, yeah, I don't think really touched the game again until we met. That's
0: fascinating. Did you kind of even, again, we we'll come to this in a bit, but did you play many mobile games or ipad games in that time period at all?
1: um when mobile phones kind of became a thing yes which wasn't that long before we met honestly um like i didn't phone, really
0: yeah. have i suppose when we do we, i always we've been together 10 years uh for anyone who is interested in and um, but i always uh recurrence to two phones i think the phone i had when we met was the iphone 4 same yeah, yeah so um is that right Yes, yeah, so I suppose there weren't like smartphones, I suppose especially much. They had mobile games had really like Clash of Titans, or whatever it's called. Or Flash Clan, sorry. Yeah. That was probably the first big one at the time that kind of was going there around.
1: There was Farmville on Facebook, oh, I which I never ahead. played, but I think that was sort of the precursor were those Facebook games. Yeah, yeah. There was like a fashion one that I played really briefly where you traded literally on Facebook like shoes or a dress.
0: Uh, and I'm going to call you out now because I actually know when we met, when we met, you were addicted to a video game. Do you remember what it was called?
1: Yeah, well, there was Tiny Tower and yeah, Tiny we, Death Star, Death Star which was, were sort of sister games. games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And... And they were casual games where, you know, you essentially log on, collect a bunch of coins, upgrade your tower, and then log off again, like yeah. it wasn't an active game. Yeah. And, and then Criminal Case, which was this hidden object
0: oh, uh, solving crimes
1: game. And this was pre-iPad, this was all on my iPhone.
0: A little small the iPhone, you had know, that kicked down the road.
1: Yeah, day. exactly. Uh, and then also uh, a game that I still occasionally play that I also played way back then called Seeker's Notes, which mm-hmm. is another hidden okay. object game just because yeah. it's easy. You now you can pick it up, do one round in two minutes, and put it away again.
0: And so you, and uh, like, kind of bring up something a bit of modern day. I wonder how foggy it is outside. Like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. I was don't um, no one. Not right now, but it's super, uh, super misty outside. Like the moors. So <laughs> um, but, both, you know, you still play quite a bit of those kind of hidden object games out today, mm-hmm. or kind of you know farming, kind of collecting games on iPads. Yeah. Um, I have Two questions asked. That. And the first I want to ask is, uh, you know, why do you play them? Is it to kind of is it to relax at the end of the day? Um. And the second question is, how come you've never somehow managed to fall prey to ever spending a <laughs> cent?
1: One of those games. Yeah, so I have played loads of mobile games. I've never spent a single cent. I hate microtransactions. I think they're so predatory. <laughs> um, I was just saying the other day, some of those games will have, you know, sort of a task come up in your task list that says, buy gems as a task. And if that happens, I'll immediately uninstall it. I just think it's so shitty. Yeah. Um, but what I like about them is the feeling of accomplishing little tasks. Like, I love the simplicity of, you know, we need four cookies. And I'm like, cool, now I've got a... Queue up some milk and some butter, and then I can make some cookies, and then wait four hours for them to be done. Because I don't need to be sitting on it and staring at it, waiting for it. I can then just put it away and go do something else. else, Um, But uh, yeah, I think part of it too was the only game. Now that you mention it, this is kind of bringing up the memory. The only game I really played during my teen years um, was Diner Dash online oh, okay, which is like yeah. a time management serving game yeah, yeah. um so i always like this well, time management not in yeah. my teens i became a server for a few years in yeah, my yeah,
0: 20s yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. Game.
1: honestly very similar to the game <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: mentalist of tasks yeah,
0: yeah and, and shouting at you. Um, that's amazing and so what i always find fascinating too as well is that you have this amazing ability where you can have the game on your ipad and playing it and they're something they're kind of like overcooked is probably the best example. I can have some of them they're really intense time management games but then they're just casually reading the book as well as if it's almost sure you can so they, do they kind of, do they calm you down? kind of just, because you have a fairly intense busy job do they kind of just take your mind off of that and kind of help you relax and chill out? yeah
1: or, I think they're relaxing like I know you're referring to more of the cooking games where you have to cook like a bunch of stuff for right, you know who's waiting, yeah. like the pizza with certain toppings for example um, but I just find once you know the layout and where everything is, you can kind of do it on autopilot. And then I read while ads are playing. Because a lot of these games are like watch an ad to you know get coins or watch an ad to get gems or whatever. So I'll just have the ads playing and then read a book for a few minutes while like, yeah, well, it's playing.
0: Which like, is amazing. Like it must be so frustrating for these companies <laughs> if they hear something like this. Like the, the minute the ad comes up, their chance to pull you in. You're just reading a book. Yes. Fair play. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, and then, kind of, as we said, you know, look, you, you were playing those games when we met, but then it was around, it might not have been 2014, it might have actually been 2015. It was 2015, actually, do you know what it was? Um, and this is going to be, we're going to kind of drop a name of someone we haven't talked about or thought of in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, um, who we knew mm-hmm. um, from Toronto. Yes. Not that, that guy who uh, used to live with us, uh, who I hope is doing well. But anyway, um, other Alex, he gave me a loan of The Witcher 3 in 2015. I just came out and I think I gave him back Arkham Knight, a terrible trade um, for him um, because we never swapped him back actually at all. We still have it? We still have it, yeah. Still have a copy. Um, But I remember we were living uh, in Toronto. Were we in? I think we were in the apartment we were in together, aren't we? Yeah. Um, And I was playing The Witcher Away on the, the PS4. Yes, PS4, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, because it, you know PS5 I mean? was only a couple of years ago. Only a couple of years ago, which is still so scary. It's supposed to be next gen, but it's a very um, But we were playing it, and you kind of saw me playing it. You, you got fairly interested in it. You thought it was kind of a cool-looking game. Um, but you, I remember giving it to you to have a go, and you didn't maybe you didn't love the controls. Do you remember that? You yeah, I short.
1: fully got stuck in a staircase. Like I just tried <laughs> to go down a spiral staircase or a twisting staircase, and got stuck in the corner <laughs> okay,
0: I don't know <laughs> I I, I, if people don't know me uh, if you don't know me outside the podcast I have a fairly short fuse in regards to patience I'm not a patient person it's terrible Steph is very patient because it works so well um, but I remember the time when you played Last of Us uh, for yes. the very first time <laughs> you were stuck again with the camera and like you were very, you're obviously you're way better now you could play games You know, was anyone but back then you were just so confused by the the camera and the movement. Well,
1: I had never played a game that you know where you controlled the camera separately yeah. from the player character because yeah. it had been so long since I played, you know, a quote unquote real game. Yeah. Yeah, things yeah. that evolved so much in those years,
0: and that, that's when, that even back then you,
1: you know, like even like Mario, I'm thinking of an N64, like
0: 996, you couldn't even fully control the camera there. Do you know what I mean? You, you didn't have that kind of the, the right analog stick to no, really kind no. of around, yeah. So it's it, it was to me, it was kind of god, that, that is actually it's not intuitive at all. To, to kind of dig up do you know what I mean it, yeah. it, it takes time um
1: I remember you saying it's just like real life and I'm like well no because in life I'm only controlling me my eyes are part of me I'm you not like technically yes I'm controlling my eyes and my feet yeah.
0: but like <laughs> I know what you mean yeah, yeah. um and then I guess what we did was we actually uh we talked to you up know, we get a pc because we you know, I wanted one and you definitely wanted one as well um uh, but at the time we were pretty flat broke and um, so we basically got one off of my old boss uh Tao, uh tau i don't know if you listen to this but we love Tao uh in this household he the jolliest nicest man um uh very successful guy in business a uh, huge video gamer he used to love he used to rebuild remember pcs every five years yeah. um the last pc he built was actually in four or five different remember hexagonal pieces um, and it lit up. It was incredible. It thousands, thousands, thousands. But he gave us one of his old PCs for free. Even came over to our apartment and set it up for us. Not not for free, but it was like paid the courier courier to. Yeah. Really um. And then I think you started playing The Witcher on that. Is that
1: right? Yes. Yeah. So like I had played Animal Crossing New Leaf. I kind of co-opted your 3DS oh, for yeah. about a full year and just played that non-stop, And that was my first time playing any any kind of Animal Crossing game oh, I that. since you the GameCube. And then you also gave me Professor Leighton, like one mm-hmm. of the couple yeah. of those games that I played on the 3DS um, before we got the PC. But then, yeah, the first game that I played on that PC was The Witcher 3. And that was kind of my intro into, again, you know, RPGs, like, proper AAA, AAA a games. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're a gamer now. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, yeah, twice the I'm I remember that. It, that's the uh, DS over yeah. there. Yeah, you, you, you had an incredible island on that. Um uh and then I, I do remember the latent games, um, which I think then yeah, we'll talk about in a bit of so you you got really into Ace Attorney as well. Yeah, I been, yeah. Um but The Witcher Three, because that really was the first time I saw you where you were like sitting down like and just thinking and playing and not talking about anything else but the <laughs> Witcher Three. Uh, what was it about that kind of sucked you in and, and kind of grabbed you from the get go?
1: Uh, I think it was just the depth of the story and the writing honestly because you know from as, as we've been talking my experience with video games has been more you know complete tasks fight a battle move on um, obviously Final Fantasy is a bit more of an in-depth story but still nothing like The Witcher and I love the romance aspect as well like right away your first quest is you know find Yennefer and I was intrigued by that yeah. like Oh, okay, cool. There's a love story in this.
0: Who would um, you, uh, who's you, who would you use your romance in The Witcher? Would you go Yennefer, Trish, or what's the other girl's name? I always kill. Oh, Jira. her right? Yeah, the, the witch. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. I loved Yennefer. I loved the whole soul quest. I don't want to spoil anything too much, but I loved that whole storyline. Um, I loved getting to play as Siri as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. that comes later in the game, but that was such a moment of like, oh, you can do this? Like, I'm playing a different character now. Um, And I loved that it was very, like, the way the quests were laid out was really clear from someone who hadn't played a game like that before. It's like, I knew exactly what was a main story quest. There were level indicators along with every side quest. So I knew this is going to be too hard for me. I'll hold off. But I'm going to go do this stuff on the side. Um, This is probably an uncommon opinion, but I loved Quent. Um,
0: No, no, well, it's actually because it. I don't know if you noticed know they actually released this uh, like a standalone. Oh, I know, TV, I yeah. know yeah. But the CJ, who was on the uh, the the podcast not too long ago, and you know, he's a YouTube channel, and he actually shows a lot of Gwent. He he really loves it. Yeah. Um, but what was it well, about Gwent? Because you know, you're not like mad to card games, technically, uh, you
1: know. But it's really more ready. of a it's more of a strategy game. Mm-hmm. Like I very quickly figured out. Okay, if you throw the first round on purpose, like just play your shittiest cards, lose the first round, try to draw the second. Um, But still hold back all your strongest cards for kind of the final round. And then go all out and destroy your opponent. Like, I loved, once I got into that strategy, um, I kind of figured it out. And, again, the collecting aspect. Like, I collected almost all of the Gwent cards in that game. You
0: went to every single marker as well. I
1: did. I cleared every single undiscovered location. I completely 100%ed that game. I have... I think last I checked, about 400 hours. And you know, saw, it, really? Yes.
0: Oh my goodness. And do you know what's so exciting still, though, is that you still haven't. And I know you, you, you're, you're going to get to it I think this year, I think you will play it. You haven't finished Blood and Wine
1: yet. No, I went halfway through Blood and Wine. And I think, I don't know what came up that I didn't finish it. I think we just didn't have it for up. a while. No, it was, it it was before that. Right. No, because I then started playing uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. And then the PC was packed up for a
0: bit because we were moving. Yeah, true, um, true. But, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because it, it also was if it's four hundred hours, that's, you know, that's enough. Yeah. For a bit, <laughs> you can take a bit of a break uh, and come back to it. Um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed is an interesting one because, you know, that, that's a series that I think on this podcast, no one's like a huge fan of this. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed two, and maybe you know, the the kind of the standalone versions of Ezio's adventure as well, like Revelations and Brotherhood, but they're not loved by the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think you don't love the series that much either as well. You you played through, I think, was it Origins?
1: Origins and the first one.
0: Oh you did that? For... Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, you you would hope to go back and start from the very scratch. Yeah,
1: because I enjoyed Origins and then I went, you know what, there's obviously references and callbacks to other games that I'm fine not understanding, but I kinda like to play them in order and see how this all builds up. Um not very well. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Origins, but I more enjoyed exploring ancient Egypt and um, you know, doing some of the side quests than the main story. I thought like there wasn't much of a story there, but I love the open world aspect of traveling, finding undiscovered locations, solving kind of puzzles sometimes. Um, and just the look of it was amazing. And then obviously going back to one, there's less of a you know maybe impressive look, you yes, know, it's, it's, Like it's, I know it was definitely a aged, it yeah. was a different time. But I still loved things like collecting all the flags. Like I just love collecting things. Yeah. Um, so the
0: house is so full of yeah just those, yeah.
1: those little digital awards or trophies yeah. are, so. <laughs> are. a kid of serotonin, um but yeah i'll definitely i think play more of them i played i didn't actually finish one i got very close to the end and now i think yeah, i just yeah. have some sort of like little collecty quests in the final thing that, it. But,
0: yeah 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 because yeah, what i find really interesting is that you're um you're someone that you know a game will come along and like if it really does tick a few certain boxes, you jump into it and really kind of get fully immersed and really enjoy it. Like, I remember, um, obviously it, it, was a Pokemon Let's Go. I remember that, like, the kind of... Yeah. Where, uh, I remember, I think it was a Christmas as well. I, gave, I think actually Julie got it for me. Yeah. Um, and I gave it to you, you. Do you have your Switch design? Or no, did you she
1: got me the Pokemon, or the Pikachu version, and you the Eevee version. So we each had a copy. Oh, do really? Yeah,
0: for the, uh, oh, for yeah, the Switch. Okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: Because
1: I had my Switch Lite.
0: And you played relentlessly for, like for maybe two days and then that was it yeah.
1: yeah well i don't know maybe a bit longer than two days but yeah it yeah. was the same issue that i had the very first time i played pokemon which was the random encounters yeah. i know you have to do them to level up yeah. but it's just so repetitive yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but that's what i find amazing what i find fascinating is that you do when you make, when it kind of grabs you you really kind of jump all into it which is a, a very intentional segue uh, into kind of i suppose the the reason I thought it'd be great to kind of get you on the podcast and kind of talk to you about uh, video games, um, because now I would consider you someone who plays them almost every day. Well, yeah. You, you, you definitely take breaks every now and then, and you know you have a job and you you eat and you exercise yeah. all kinds of yeah. things as well. Okay, well yeah. Um occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. Um, but at Mass Effect. So obviously, uh, as you smile as I say that, uh, Mass Effect really has become a fairly is it good like I it like a big part of your life or something that's like. Important to you now really? Yeah,
1: it's a big fandom for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um and so how because I can't remember, I was trying to think of it before we jumped out and did this. I can't remember how you first got exposed to that at all. Like were you just looking around for games or No, it or... was
1: it was you. So I you probably don't remember this, I guess, but no. I played the first Mass Effect long before the legendary edition came out. I played the original first one back in Toronto on Wood Street. And well, on I'm the PC, the Tao of us. yeah, shortly after playing The Witcher, wow. probably around I want to say 2015, 2016, before mm-hmm. we moved back to Ottawa, and and I played through the original first one, and I played default male shepherd because it was before, what? yeah, because it was before the Legendary Edition, so there was no Guys, default. she
0: she speaks so ill of him now. <laughs> <in that
1: format. laughs> no offense, Mark Mir. <laughs> um, <laughs> But there was no default Fem chef at the time, and I thought, okay, for my first playthrough, I'll just play like the default character, Mm -hmm. like Soldier um, is a Soul Survivor that's the default, and Male shepherd. Mm -hmm. So when you click, like, quick start default character, that's who it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I played all the way through the first game, and then by the time I was finished, they had either announced or there were rumors that there was going to be a remaster. And so, again, you suggested, like, if you're going to play more, just wait for the remaster. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And at that point, I loved it. Like, I was at, already at the point where I had read all the Codex entries. Like, I'm literally at work thinking about, like, I'd love to learn more about the Corians. Like, I wonder what Tally looks like behind her mask. Like, it was, I was really into it, but it, I wasn't so into it that I couldn't wait for yeah, two. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I just put it aside for literally years. Until the Legendary Edition came out and then replayed. God, as, I, as I do remember
0: you waiting I remember that you'd be googling it fairly regularly. To yeah. see for updates and, and obviously everyone was excited for it. And like, they actually did a brilliant job of that uh, the trilogy of remastering it and then revamping it. Um, and it makes sense because you do, you're a huge fan of sci-fi in general, aren't you? Yes. Like, you're a huge yes. fan of that you have been trying to get me to watch faster, that's Properly, what's the other one you've always?
1: Farscape, Farscape is one of my all time favorite shows. Um, the effects are probably a bit dated now, but honestly, if you haven't seen it, highly highly recommend it. It does kind of have Mass Effect vibes in that you know you're like a ragtag crew of weirdos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it's very really like Citadel DLC vibes. Some episodes, honestly. Um, but yeah, Star Wars is kind of my first love. Yeah. I've watched all of the original Star Trek, like the original series, which is also amazing. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I suppose then um, we'll fast forward those few years, so obviously that's probably where you know Assassin's Creed kinda of slotted in keep yeah. you kinda of busy for a bit. Do um, did you have anything else in between that time actually? Is it things that things we're kinda of forgetting that you might have kind of really gotten into
1: Uh I don't think anything I really got into. I like Going Home. That was one that I f- started and finished oh
0: the, the walking simulator yeah yeah that's a great game yeah, yeah.
1: which was really cool um and then oh stardew valley you you yeah i, oh, I mean stardew valley that. uh the first three ace attorneys yeah yeah uh, which i loved the new animal crossing because i got that right at the beginning of covid that's um, yeah. so i played tons of that yeah yeah. like the rest of the planet
0: yeah uh, yeah they, they just came up and didn't know <laughs> the <about> uh <laughs> yeah. the
1: first uncharted which i had to play on on playstation
0: I That was so fascinating to me because i only played it once before and so then I obviously sat down watching you play it and I realised how it's just kind of only okay. Um, I'm sure if Owen was here he would... It was, was fine, like, yeah. Yeah, it just so much just shoot, 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 yeah. on, shoot, 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 um, you shoot. Know, comparing it to 2 and 3 and then definitely 4. Um, Okay and then so the later edition comes out and yeah. I think we have a new PC at the time also. I think we, we we definitely had towels at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, were we in Ottawa when that came out?
1: We were in Ottawa and we already knew we were moving to Ireland. So, really? the Legendary Edition, know. this is why this all really took so long for me to get into it because it came out in May. You moved in June and took the PC with you. So, no, so I had just started replaying one again. I think I was at Pharos. Like, literally, that's I remember that's, the screen I was on. It's an, either the first or second planet you can visit. Um, I think I did it first, so I literally remember the screen having like Rex in my party and like about to talk to someone, saved, closed it, and then didn't open it again until I got the PC back almost a year later, <laughs> so um, it was a very protracted entry into oh, Mass Effect, oh, oh. but then um, once we got to Ireland, that's when I could pick it up and, and yeah. start playing it again.
0: And, and, a, and a classic uh, mm-hmm. step fashion, step final, you have to then, you can't just you know, go straight to two, You had to go and do one again, and kind of do a whole new save. Am I right? And you started with Femshep and the whole kind of thing.
1: Well, that playthrough on the Legendary Edition was with Femshep. Like I did, I did a default. I did a default chef playthrough. So terrible face model. Like just looks. I think she looks great. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I did my second run through. I did mod quite a bit, so yeah. I downloaded a texture mod for her that makes her look more like a person. But I actually really like her design. Like I love the red hair and the freckles and yeah. the green eyes. Yeah, I think she looks great. And then,
0: uh, you got to 2 and like I, you know, I've been talking to you about Mass Effect Two for, for years and years and years. One of my favorite games. Yeah. Uh, many times when we've been drunk, I've showed you on YouTube. You know, the the intro of Mass Effect 2, walking to the Burning Shit and all that kind of stuff. You had
1: never showed me the I intro because that. you didn't want me to be spoiled. Spoiled? Oh,
0: I was actually be a nice guy. But it.
1: you insisted on watching me play it <laughs> because I didn't know what was coming. I was completely unspoiled for yeah. the entire trilogy. I had no idea what to expect. And I remember sitting watching that and going like, okay, this is kind of cool. Obviously thinking, you know, I'm going to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Shepard gets spaced and I remember sitting it. in this <laughs> exact <laughs> room going, oh! like what?
0: It's, oh, a, it's actually great. a great, it a great yes. Yeah, it's it's actually such a great twist. Now, obviously, minutes later, it's like you know we can rebuild them. yes yeah. It's like oh god, really? Um. But what did you you know? Because I, for me, and I just you know I'd actually never played one, um, until the legendary edition. So I played two and three, and then one. Um. I think the gap between one and two is quite large in terms of quality, you know, and mm. the story and gameplay, and the fact stupid vehicles. But I know you obviously do one, but what what was was two when you played 2, you were like, oh my god, this trilogy, this world, this is like, this is the game for me. Like, this is the kind of universe I want to be in.
1: I think, I don't know, it's hard to pinpoint when that happened, like, when I really, really fell in love with it. It must have been some point in 2. I loved all the new characters that they introduced. I just thought the whole concept was so intriguing. I will say my first reaction to 2 was like, where is everyone? Yeah. Like, who are these new people? I don't care about them. Like, where's my crew? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Jacob. I did learn to really like Miranda, but at first, of course, you're like, where's everyone that I liked and cared about from the first one?
0: The
1: man. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that that really threw me off, too, is all the really famous voice actors, because in my mm. head, I don't think I really realized how big Fast Fact was as yeah. a series. And so I'm like, why is Martin Sheen in this? Like, was he <laughs> desperate for money? And then Shoray Adashlu shows up. Yeah later as one of the Aquarian Admirals. I'm like, she has an Oscar nomination. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's
0: a big trilogy, yeah.
1: uh, Claudia Black, who I love from Farscape, showed mm-hmm. up. So I love seeing all these uh, voice actors. I recognize Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica* is in it. Um But probably, like, one of my favorite moments still in the trilogy, and you can make fun of me, is the Archangel Garrus reveal. Like, when you do his recruitment mission, because at that point in the game, I'm kind of a contrary gamer, so if the game tells you go do this first, I'm like, no, I'm going to go do everything else first (laughs) and put that off. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Um, No, I'm like, this is a trick. Like, I might miss something if I do only what you tell me. I don't just want to do the main quest. I'm going to go do other side stuff first. So it was like well into the game that I finally went back to Omega to recruit Morden and Garrus. and it was one of those reveals of like. I was just like hey, okay, someone else I don't know, like when am I gonna find someone again? Um, and then he takes the off and I still have the texts I you, said, you you're fit, like, oh my god. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> we, we some people say, you know, you've got a work wife or a work husband, you have a video game <laughs> boyfriend, really. Absolutely, boyfriend yeah. What is it now, everyone listening who likes an aspect? Actually, does know the answer to why Gareth is so great. But do you, <laughs> what, what, what what kind of makes you laughing so much as
1: a character? Um. So I know it's he's written to kind of be Shepard's ride or die. Like he yeah. is your best friend. He kind of always backs you up and supports you. Um. And I think he's one of those characters who always checks in on you as well. Like I think I really, really fell in love with the series in the third game and the characters because of little human moments, like you know Gareth comforting Shepard after Ilium when mm-hmm. you know you lose. The Asari home homeworld basically. Yeah. Um and you know, he's like, Well, at least you've got your boyfriend here to cheer you up. And she goes, Cheer from you? Like sarcastically, because normally he's a nihilistic asshole, yeah, really. Yeah. Um and you know, telling you to get some sleep and checking in on you. Like it actually feels like your companions and the people in the game care about it you. Slash the yeah, shepherd. the
0: relationship feels very real. You know, I always thought it was like Spock and Kirk almost. Like, he's the, the wiser, smarter, kind of, you know, he's always there
1: for you. Yeah. And, and you. the other thing I like, especially playing as a woman as a female character, is it's a kind of a reversal of, like, the teacher-mentor relationship, where you're actually the more experienced one, and you kind of guide him, especially in the first game. And he doesn't dismiss you. He actually listens to you and goes, you know, I've never really met anyone like you before. And God, you, are,
0: you, are, you are a fucking... You're seriously in love with this guy, aren't you? Well, I
1: could talk to you about any of the characters <laughs> that I love, I think, but... Um, there's also the fact that you know he is a Turian. We're kind of the first enemies of humans when we first expanded into the galaxy, right? Like we met Turians, there's this whole little skirmish slash war that started. That was only 50, 60 years before the game, so kind of they're still enemies. Yeah, he's still so thing, it has this yeah. like forbidden aspect to You're it, it as well, firing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and so then obviously aspects you know people can probably tell a bit of these so passionately, you know. You fell in love with it, really, really yeah. stuck to in. you were kind of, I wouldn't say addicted to it, because you still, you know, you, you didn't fall into drugs or anything. <laughs> life fall apart. No, like, I could put it down and
1: do other exactly, yeah. stuff. But <laughs>
0: you, one thing I thought was really amazing was the minute you finished the trilogy, mm-hmm. I remember asking you, what are you going to play next? And you had, like, maybe a couple of games, you are thinking of maybe cyberpunk at the time. Yeah. And what else were you thinking of? You were thinking of maybe, I was not didn't come out yet, but what else were you thinking of at the time you're into as uh, Well...
1: Maybe another Assassin's Creed. I think Thank Black you Flag. Were, yeah,
0: that, that's yeah. exactly it was. I mean, yeah, it was Black Flag. Um, you know, the, kind of the pirates. And you, and you love pirates. <laughs> uh, which is that's a good joke. Yeah, really, I, you know, yeah, I
1: was a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan back yeah. in the day.
0: Cool. Who awesome. wasn't? Um, but I think what you did then was amazing to me. What you just went off and...
1: I finished my first playthrough of the trilogy on a Sunday. And I started my next playthrough back at one on the Friday. <laughs>
0: that's crazy. Yeah. And did you... Did you kind of create a different type of character? I know you, you I think you picked different decisions and stuff to the of the game, but did you kind of create a different type of character from the outset?
1: No, because my first playthrough was totally blind, and I just went with, you know, the consequences of my actions. Mm-hmm. So I lost some people in the suicide mission, and I didn't even get to say goodbye to Fane. Like, I somehow completely oh, no. missed that scene on the there. Citadel in three. Yeah. So... After my first playthrough, then I went on the line and went on Reddit and kind of looked up guides and things, and I was like, "Wait, like all this other stuff can happen? Like yeah. I didn't even realize I lost my whole crew in two, and I just thought that was part of the game. Like I didn't realize you, <laughs> you could save them." That. That. Yeah, yeah. um, so I decided to go back and do kind of a quote-unquote canon playthrough, which is like this is the real story of my shepherd. I'm going to be the same person, but now I know what I'm doing, and so I'm yeah. going to make the choices that build the story that I wanna want to build. To see, yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: And because and, obviously I knew as you were coming up to the end of three in your first playthrough, you know back when that came out, which you you didn't you didn't did know it at this point, but you knew it had been such a controversial ending to the series back in twenty twelve. What was kind of your, your experience? And I know you ended up modding it for the second playthrough, but yes. the first playthrough, what was kind of your, uh, your feeling?
1: Yeah, so I knew it was controversial, but I didn't know why. I had no idea what the ending was. I think the game makes it very, very, very clear from the beginning that you're going to die. And um, there's a scene where Liara kind of comes into her room and goes, you know, oh, I've made this time capsule all about you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to die. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So no, I man. kind of knew that was coming, um, but I didn't know anything else. And I think you were sat here watching when I actually finished my yeah. first playthrough. And I, along with many others I have since learned, thought that you just run into the beam yeah. and then make your choice.
0: I saw you, at d- saw you doing it because you were kind of, you were moving very even kind of slowly with the character first. I think Well, you have to because you're injured, yeah. Whenever you looking at it, kind of like, this looks still as confusing as it did back in the day when I
1: played it. Yeah, um, well, it's essentially just a big info dump. It's like, here's yeah. 10 full minutes of exposition about yeah. stuff you have never heard about before in yeah. the past 150 hours that you've been playing yeah. these games. Um, now, what do you want to do about it? And so I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm thinking about it. And I thought, because there's this big glowing column in the center of your screen, yeah. and I don't know, maybe your monitor's not wide enough, but like that was all I could see on the screen. So then I walked into the beam, and I'm like, okay, hey, when do I make my choice? And just this montage starts. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, why does it think? I've chosen synthesis. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I wanted I was, at all.
0: Which was synth- synthesis again?
1: Synthesis is where uh, organics and uh, AI and synthetics essentially become one Species oh, more or less, so, okay. so everyone
0: like the real, starts real future. like
1: yeah. everyone starts glowing green, yeah. and magically everyone gets along. So it's so very is
0: confusing. It, is it Do you find it disappointing then? Like overall, that is an ending to the to the game. You know, the, the hundred fifty hours you have put in.
1: That is an ending. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. then you die, and you're unilaterally telling every single species in the galaxy. By the way, i just overgrow your brain, and you all get along now. I feel like I just basically drugged everyone you into a yeah, yeah. um So that I didn't love, but then I reloaded once I understood or you told me that I could actually turn right or left yeah. to make a different choice. <laughs> so I reloaded, listened to all the Star Child shit again, um, and sure chose what clean. I wanted to choose, which was the destroy ending where you destroy the Reapers because I feel like that's what the games had been leading up to, the whole thing is you want to destroy the reapers yeah. so obviously i then want to destroy the reapers yeah, <laughs> um, so that is what i did in my first playthrough um, i did die um again because i was blind i didn't make enough smart decisions to get the perfect ending i didn't get the last breath but um i was mostly upset because i was like "Garrus doesn't deserve this uh-huh. like <laughs> He has to live without Shepard now after already losing her once for six months. Yeah. Like what did like what did he do to deserve this? Like this well, is such you, an awful sad ending.
0: You'll always have that entire back tattoo of his face <laughs>
1: so you
0: can take it <laughs> um, and then you went off you but you said you that know, you would to there, you featured the whole trilogy again. Yeah. And then you you, you modded the in the second thing What yes. you, you want it to Uh
1: so I downloaded the happy ending mod and the Citadel DLC mod, which mm. essentially means there is a happy ending to the trilogy, and then the Citadel DLC is the last thing you play.
0: Is it is that DLC or a mod? Sorry, the Citadel is just like it actually made by Bioware?
1: The DLC was made by Bioware, oh, cool. you play it in the game and it's so much fun. But it's very light-hearted and almost jokey. So I feel like it's better at the end as sort of mm. like the last big party now that you've won. So the mod just moves it to the post-game. Oh, okay, okay, Um So I download the Happy Ending mod, which I won't spoil what it does, but it is fantastic. It's so well done. like It integrates so well into the game. You can't tell it wasn't like that originally. and um, makes it a happy ending, and yeah. then you play at the Citadel DLC and basically have a big party with all your crew and all your friends. Oh, to that's, that's
0: so nice. When do you think you... Or do you think you'll go back to the... There's a whole bunch of games that you want to play. Yeah. You, you almost feel like you're free.
1: I do because right <laughs> after this, I played Starfield for about fifteen hours. yeah, so, yeah I just wanna talk about that. And yeah. then I was like, mm, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. There's no aliens. Like, not not feeling it. My yeah. companions, whatever. Uh, so then I went back and played Andromeda and just blitzed that. I actually really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, it yeah, because
1: I, really enjoyed it I thought I think it's a lot more optimistic. It's a more lighthearted game. Visually, it's really bright and colorful. But
0: it's a game that you know, famously was absolutely humble yeah. release and it removes a lot of that kind of choice and RPG element yeah. the game is so well did you miss that or was it just like this is kind of more of an action orientated version so I'm enjoying it
1: anyway. No I knew to expect a different game and I had read you know loads of things like don't go in expecting the trilogy yeah. you know temper your expectations. So I went in expecting honestly a crappy game. I was like it's fine, it'll be in the same universe. I miss that world like, we'll see how I get on. And I really enjoy it, I think, because... So you miss
0: it. you two two hours before you think. <laughs> before you think <laughs> well, the well I'm
1: sort of like, if there's more of that universe out there, I want to see it.
0: Just turn every corner open to see yeah, I like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um I won't spoil you who's in it, but there are quite a few kind of guest stars from yeah. the trilogy, which is nice. It's like little Easter eggs. Um, but I just thought it was a more like optimistic, mm. happy game. I don't think the story is as good... Because you need a bit of angst, right? But I really enjoyed playing it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I would play it again, for sure. Yeah. The combat is so fun as well. You can actually jump. You have a little jetpack or biotics so you can jump around. It's very, like, 3D. Yeah, I watched you play it.
0: It did, didn't... I feel like... It, it, really, it really... I know there is more. It's because the original the trilogy is, like, I think, a lot of people regard as some of the the greatest games ever made. Mm. Like I think as time goes on, they think you to get more yeah. and more kind of. I movement. would agree. Yeah, and like the Edition probably just helped with that because they did put a bit of effort into it. And they did really make it look a lot better. Um, and then I think when, because I remember sort of before waiting for Andromeda, like the only other game that I was as excited for in my life was Starfield, so I've been let down twice oh. really. Um, but I think that's why I think it's just such huge pressure, and then obviously so much problems of development. Mm. Um, just because you work with someone now who, who, who worked on the game so it's very cool um but you know back to starfield for a quick second um because i know when you finished you finished andromeda or did you say yeah. you, you did yeah i
1: finished andromeda yeah yeah
0: um, and you were kind of caught between maybe that or you know still cyberpunk three three years later uh, jumping into that you jumped into starfield what was it kind of what was it missing i know you mentioned kind of the characterism bit there as well but what kind of did it not have Kind of, you know, didn't really kind of get
1: you I think especially coming off you know two back-to-back runs of yeah. the Mass Effect trilogy, my expectations for any game were naturally very high. And one thing I love about Mass Effect is how cinematic it is. So like the mm-hmm. cutscenes, the visuals, like yeah. it's, it it's very all very just nice. stunning. And every you know conversation you have with another character, you feel like you're in a conversation. Yeah. And then coming into Starfield, it just felt very Cold and sterile, like characters just stand there with their arms by their sides, center screen, and talk at you. Is awful. And I, as a player, never felt like I was even there. Yeah. Even playing third person, which wasn't great, I actually played most of the Very first person, people. yeah. And yeah. um, You just don't feel like you're there. Like I almost feel like I was being talked through, mm. like it was just a bunch of text. Um, yeah. I don't feel like I was really part of any story. Yeah. Um, a lot of the quests are just follow this person to a different destination. And
0: shoot, shoot, shoot! Next, next,
1: month yeah, year, next. Yeah, and not even year. that much shooting. Yeah. Sometimes it's like there was one quest that was just you know buy a janitor a latte because she's tired. <laughs> and like I like I like those kind of world building quests <laughs> I mean,
0: as ten well. Ten years to make, I think, but or it, Twelve
1: years. Or and like you know I know a lot of effort went into this, and I like those types of world building quests as well. Yeah. Like, there's stuff like that in Mass Effect, you know, like buy better food for the Normandy, like that's yeah. fine. But like you never get to know those characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's just so much content, it's hard to say what's going to be good. Yeah. So I just ended up doing a bunch of fetch quests, you know, because, again, I didn't want to progress too much of the main story. Yeah. First, I like mixing up, you know, main quests and side quests. Um, but even so many of the side quests were fast travel three times to get to a space station. Yeah, and so then the a guy tells screen, you to the then, screen, the screen, yeah, and then a guy tells you to then travel somewhere else to pick up something. And then go back to the space station, to tell them you got it. Yeah.
0: And. Well, I don't think you can hear those sirens, everyone, but that is Todd Howard. Think, <laughs> to, to arrest you for your comments. Uh, you, you gave it a fair shake, though. You, you put twenty hours yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just. But I remember I'd watch you play from the couch, and obviously the game I wanted to play for ages and ages. I keep playing it off because I know it actually. Well, shit yeah. online. Yeah. Every time I looked up and saw you playing it, I, my brain. I would try to tell my brain not to think it by just insulating that it's boring. Yeah. Every every time I saw you in a. So I would read some of the writing as well. Some of the writing from the, you know, for the kind of what you can say as a character, Mm -hmm. so banal, so boring. And I think coming from Aspect, which is, to me, some of the best writing I've ever seen in a video game, it's a huge drop. So it it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, One other thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and I know we're kind of, you know, we've been chatting for about an hour already is uh, co-op games mm-hmm. um, and so again not to kind of play on the stereotype of me being very impatient and you know a bit of a, a, bit of a I don't a moan my family an <laughs> old man um, but we've played some good very good co-op games I them in the last couple of years yeah played, it takes two it takes two yeah. really good yeah so because it, it takes two you know platform, platforming games I'm not say platforming games wasn't something you, you would have played much of but I remember you, you really got into Mario Odyssey I remember you played yeah it was with like, that. Like, yeah yeah for sure. That's what I love about Mario Odyssey. How then, what was that was there a game would you play? It was like assist game mode or something like that? Um, oh yeah,
1: I think it's literally meant for little kids, but that's okay. I'm, no, I don't I actually I'm really like amazed. a story mode. No,
0: really. I and I, I don't bring it up that, I bring it up because like I think it's Mario games can be very inaccessible because it can be quite challenging and difficult. Yeah. I think Mario Odyssey was the exact opposite. And I think the same with Takes Two. It takes two is, you know, like we did we watched a very funny TikTok didn't we, yesterday? Yeah. Um of it. you know, me kind of boyfriend waiting for the to catch up which <laughs> or, is terrible. yeah my grandmother just
1: follow it falling down the gap because yeah. I consistently forgot how to do a long jump. Yeah, Again because I don't use controllers that much. Yeah yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> but um, and we also played quite a bit of uh, the first divinity.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah that was I talked about in the podcast lot like, so it was very funny. We have very different
1: play styles. Base, but,
0: yeah, yeah I do rush things I know I do now because I'm trying to play as many games as I can a year, right? Um, but you want to talk to everyone and, and yeah. lose everything. Yes. Um, but we loved that as well. Um, anything else we played together we can't talk about overcooks because our, you know our therapist isn't here and our, <laughs> that's a happy, contentious subject yeah, is, yeah. Is
1: yeah
0: um but yeah so what, what it takes to because you really love that what what, what what was so great about that what did you love?
1: uh i loved i think the graphics were really it's
0: great style, fun.
1: Yeah, yeah the style is so so unique like The concept being that you're kind of shrunk down, and so you're in kind of a Mm honey-I-shrunk-the-kids world, which is super fun and really unique. Um, And the play style changes so much. So, like, for a little gap, you know, one of us has a nail gun and the other one of us has a hammer, and we have to work together to do that. And then for another part, like, maybe one of us can fly and the other one can't. So I like that your abilities kind of change throughout the game. And it is accessible. Like, it's not super hard. Mm -hmm. And even the big boss battles have, like, a very predictable pattern once you figure yeah, yeah. out what's happening and um, so it's easy enough with the controller and again like you know i'm a sucker for a love story i think it's cute the whole thing is like you know she wants her parents to get back get together back to now yeah. I, I don't know the ending Like we never finished it you know, maybe they so. don't and maybe that's for the best too but i like a good you know human story as part yeah, of it
0: yeah we need to get back to the i don't know if we never do Divinity because
1: it's too long i yeah, don't think i don't think we will and especially because you know, I like all the looting and exploring and stuff, but then you're much better at the fighting and the strategy. Like, I like games despite the fighting and the mm. combat. Yeah. Um, but you'd be like, oh, do this with this person. I'm like, I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah we
1: weren't, yeah. We're like my, I'm a hack and slasher. Like, in an Assassin's Creed or even Aspect, for example, I just charge in, shoot people or smash people with a sword until they're dead and then get on with the story. Like, I'm not here for the combat mechanics. <laughs> uh, that's very
0: fair because that's why I think it's so great about Larian games that uh, technically um, with Divinity and Bars Gate Co-op you can actually do that yeah um, I'm pretty sure I can go off with my other party members and finish all the battles you can be off you know shopping
1: perfect for, right. you
0: know, or you know exploring caves and looting and stuff <laughs> um, which is fantastic um, also well we'll definitely go back and finish Takes Two um, and I think uh, is there anything else I suppose that you kind of really want to play now um, because obviously you finished Andromeda, and mm-hmm. um, you're playing a bit of Alan Wake.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Is there anything else? I know Out Was you were kind of looking at as well. Yeah. As
1: well, kind of... well, I know to answer your previous question from about ten minutes ago, I will definitely do more Mass Effect playthroughs in the future. like yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Because I already have like in my head all these different versions of different stories I want to try out. Um. But next, like the next big game I play, will probably be Cyberpunk. I just wanted to play something yeah. a bit shorter to decompress, I suppose, because finishing Andromeda was almost this moment of, like, I'm free. Yeah. Like, I, kn- I know everything that happens now. Now I can just wait for the next one, and uh, I still have a couple of the books to read. I've only read the first few, so there's still more of that, but, like, I'm free <laughs> on those games.
0: On and
1: it was yeah. a huge, huge commitment. Like, it was, you know, almost 150 hours just in Andromeda, and then over <laughs> over 300 oh, in the you know, original trilogy. yeah. 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 So it was a lot of time. and um, So that's why I decided to pick up Alan Wake, because I've heard so many good things about Alan Wake 2. Um, it has the collecting aspect, which I love. I love horror, kind of creepy stuff. Um, so that'll be good. But then the next big game after that I think I'll play will be Cyberpunk. Um, I was intrigued by Outer Wilds. I'm totally out on spoil, and I've heard, you know, it's an incredible story, like the best game some people have played. And um, I started it just to see if that's what I wanted to play next, and I didn't love it you know, the, I guess, animation style seemed very kiddy, almost, yeah,
0: like childish. Yeah, the exact see, so like, I, I know our friend Pa is a huge fan of what I was, and I kind of picked it up again, really, because of him, but I played in Game Pass a few years ago, and I think I've been playing on that Sky, and so I wanted something similar, kind of like, you wanted something maybe not similar to Mass Effect, but something that was like a proper sci-fi kind of game. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's why I picked up Starfield originally, because I was like, hey, I shouldn't go straight into Andromeda, I know it's going to be very different, I should play something in between. But I wanted that space kind of big RPG universe. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, now having done the playthrough of the full franchise, so to speak, I knew I didn't want to go back to Starfield, and Cyberpunk just felt like another big emotional undertaking. And I was like, I'm not ready to cry again. No, <laughs> <okay>. well, <laughs> I just cool. want to play I, something I, that's good.
0: I think you're gonna love Cyberpunk. Yeah. So I think I think once because I know first-person games because I've tried to do Skyrim many years, many times over the years. Um with lots of people and <laughs> I haven't kind of gotten into it I think Cyberpunk would really I did, that, that word is a word you're going to love so I know you love Blade Runner be yeah. 2049 so I think this is going to be something that you, you absolutely um, adore um, but look uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to, to speak here of course
1: um, I had to come all the way upstairs from you did. the living room
0: yeah it did and it was very easy to get this set up wasn't it <laughs> just took two seconds didn't take fucking hours good god uh, it's literally getting dark in here it uh, is right um, but look you know obviously uh, it's great to you know to have a partner who loves games so much Um, one thing I suppose I would love to kind of uh, ask and maybe just before we do anything, um, we watched a TikTok recently we don't watch that many TikToks we watch a few um, mm-hmm. we're, yeah, we're too old let's not go into that um, but um, it was basically about a woman who'd been at a party uh, and someone asked um, she's about our age in her mid-30s um, and kind of talking about, uh, oh, what what kind of TV shows are you watching right now or movies? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, actually no, I, I haven't been watching anything. I've been playing my game. I noticed she said my game in the video as well. Yeah. Um, my game, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And she kind of got scoffed at and, and laughed at a bit. And yeah. She she talked a lot about how you know being how silly it is in this day and age, um, that as a woman, um, it's exactly for men personally, but as a woman, it was kind of seen as like, oh, why are you playing games? It's such a kind of an infantile, I thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, what, what what do you think, as someone who kind of is now probably getting get into games more and more as yeah. they get older, um, yeah. which is kind of interesting? Uh,
1: I don't think it's infantile at all. I think the storylines and you know the emotional depth in games now are extremely mature. Like yeah, yeah. I would never let a kid play Mass Effect or even Assassin's Creed, and definitely not Cyberpunk. Like there's so much adult content, f bombs, and like. Penises. Dick's boobs. Like, not to mention I don't think a child would understand the, the story, True, even yeah, yeah. The, the emotional depth that they're getting at. Um, but I do think it's like a lot of people our age, which is you know kind of mid-30s, who did stop playing games mm. with the N64, who never really played games, don't understand how much they evolved. Yeah. I was the same when I saw The Witcher. I was like oh my god what is this? Like you can spend an hour just picking flowers and exploring a forest or you know you can go have have sex on a unicorn or you know break a love curse or you know find your missing daughter and or play card games you know i think it's crazy all you can do um but i think a lot of people who stopped playing games when they were kids and then moved on and haven't touched them since then probably still think of Mario Party,
0: yeah. you know, yeah. those things. Yeah, cartoonish kind of like, you know, Last Game I was was Pokemon Riot or whatever. You yeah. The name of the creatures and
1: stuff, yeah. Now, I think a separate issue is judging adults for even playing those games. Like, what's wrong yeah. with that? Like, well, if, Yeah, if, yeah, I, yeah if it
0: brings you joy. What, who, who exactly. You so
1: I think people are just a bit snooty about that. But it reminds me of, I told you the story just the other day, but I was in a work meeting a couple of days ago, Um, There were three of us there, I won't name names, I think there's no chance that any of these people will listen to this, but just in case, just in case, you're both wonderful and I love working with you both, Um, but two of us were talking about games that we played over the Christmas break, and the third person goes, do people still really play computer games? And I just thought that was such a great example of like if you're not in it you don't realize how big an industry it really is
0: it's it's it dwarfs like if you compare it to you know movies like mean, last year from the top worldwide growth of movies like 20 30 billion, yeah it's in the hundreds yeah of video games. it's such a, a bigger bigger industry um but yeah, it still frustrates me see what happens today like at work you're on like a you know the fucking brutal icebreaker it's like, <laughs> where do you do like, oh, I, I actually literally just played border's gate yeah. like, oh what's that oh that no that sounds yeah. kind of, it's like, oh whatever um, well look again you know thank you so much for taking the time um, you're obviously a very busy woman we're now going to go downstairs and maybe eat Chinese food or something like that um, boss I couldn't let you go without doing a quiz first of course uh, I know no one likes me doing these quizzes which makes me like them even more uh, <laughs> and it bothers people of course uh, so obviously uh, the quiz Mass Effect. it's one of my favourite tracks from Mass Effect it's, so called, good. it's called Leaving Earth it's um, at
1: the beginning of
0: uh, the quiz hasn't started really, yeah. Yeah. you don't need to <laughs> questions <would be> <laughs> uh, these questions uh, put your phone down please okay. uh, I don't want to be cheating here um, uh, so uh, chat GPT helped me oh, a bit, a bit chat GPT helped me build this quiz here it's five questions right. I think you're going to be fine here um, but obviously I can oh, tell okay. you, you feel a bit of pressure here
1: yeah I'm a bit um, nervous yeah. for
0: people listening this is our eighth time recording this <laughs> it didn't go well the first time uh, that's a joke
1: that is a lie
0: that's a lie um, okay so question one okay ready ready okay. in Mass Effect 1 which ancient advanced race is believed to have constructed the mass relays and the citadel
1: the Protheans
0: the Protheans
1: believed is the keyword
0: yeah, correct. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, here is that ChatGPT actually hasn't given me the answers. I've just realised. So gives me the questions. But I knew that was the answer.
1: Well, uh, here's the thing they didn't actually build those things, but they were believed to have built
0: those things look at this. in the first game. So I don't know if this is a trick question. But sure, my sure enough. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad you gave us a the time there because the ChatGPT and I are me the answers. Uh, you are correct. Yeah, the proteins are believed. You, that's literally in, in yep. bold text here. How to construct the mass relay. So excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, question two. Um, what's a trickier one. Okay. Who is the human Spectre candidate initially recommended by Ambassador Eudena in Mass Effect One? If you want, there are four.
1: No, it's Anderson. Is sure? David Anderson.
0: Captain David Anderson. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Captain David Anderson was the initiative inspector candidate recommended by Ambassador Eugene.
1: And do you know who <laughs> the Tory inspector was who actually assessed him on a mission? Saren. Sarin.
0: Yeah, oh God, it's all interrupted. All, it's incredible. Uh, in Mass Effect two, question three, so we're on the so far. In Mass Effect two, what is the name of the ship that replaces the SSV Normandy after its destruction? Are you know what the multiple of the choice here?
1: Replaces in what sense? In the Alliance Navy or...? It just, says replaces,
0: it just says replaces it.
1: Well then, the Normandy uh, SR-2.
0: Yes, correct. The Normandy SR-2 is the ship that replaces the SSV Normandy after its destruction in Mass Effect 2. I think it would too easy for I asked for medium difficulty as well. <laughs> um, question 4. Which character is known for saying, I should go, frequently in conversations
1: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Jane Shepard herself. Yes, you're
0: yeah, you correct. Yes, yes. I think it's still absolutely hilarious I should go and it turns around and walks <laughs> away from the camera. Uh, and question five, to give you 100% here. In Mass Effect 3, what is the primary goal of the final mission? Now, you had to I know it's a bit vague, isn't that it? That thats very A, to destroy the Reaper home right, B, to activate the Crucible and end the Reaper threat. Ah. C, to negotiate peace between the Geth and the Quarians. Or D, to rescue the Elusive Man.
1: Uh, activate the crucible. Final answer. D? Yes.
0: That is unfortunately the incorrect answer. Uh, the actual answer for the primary goal of the final mission is to rescue the man. Anyway, Steph, thank you so much that for... 100%. Couple... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... No, it yeah. No, of course not. You're right. 100%, I knew you'd get it. Uh, you honestly, the questions were easy, were ludicrously easy. Uh, so I was like, I actually had to, had to, lead to kind of up that there, but you've, you've crushed it. Um, but look, uh, that's kind of as much time as we have uh, for today. I'm sure we'll talk to you on the podcast uh, again. Um, thanks for being one of our three listeners. It uh, means <laughs> the world to us um thanks everyone for taking the time uh to uh, check this out and um, as always share please and Instagram, around twitter or x it was called now uh linkedin Reddit read this for everyone to share it um bye for me and bye for, and any final remarks from steph yeah
1: thanks for listening uh great to meet you in one direction anyway <laughs>
0: oh and uh the, the take by, care direction bye okay. uh, anyway bye steph. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. bye bye bye